All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's action for everyone for this here, March 20th, 22. I am your host, Mike Scott. We're doing something a little bit different this week, basically because uh, there just wasn't that much in the news this week that we felt like talking about. There weren't that many interesting movies out yet. We are going to talk next week about Spirit Walker, which is premiered on Haya. Haya, we're still waiting for that sponsorship. Uh, hit us up hi yeah come on um and we will also be talking about michelle yo's the one and uh if we can get to it one of us will probably at least one of us will probably be talking about uh rrr because that opens next week as well um i don't know that we'll have three hours for a movie in us but i think we might try so um but to help me run the gauntlet here i am joined by my usual runners uh first up we've got liam o'donnell Hey, everybody. Uh, good to be here. Uh, did you just say that RRR is three hours long? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to be a, a Vice or Mike viewing. <laughs> I'm going to do that one from the uh, the comfort of my own couch after Batman. No more three-hour trips in theater for me for a while. Uh, but I'm very happy to be here to discuss, uh, to, to meet with these uh, these fine gentlemen and to talk uh, talk Arnold Schwarzenegger. So um, kicking it over to Vice. Big guns, Vice Victus, our other runner for the day. <laughs> I was trying to think of something dramatic or uh, poignant to say, but really, as the saying goes, these guys need no introduction. Uh, all the listeners, all our fans, uh, everyone around the world, we're so happy and proud to uh, have with us today. Not other than the King cast, we have Scott Wampler and Eric Vespi. Uh, you know, they're doing fantastic, phenomenal things in the Rogan and uh, Mary and all that stuff. <laughs> so I'll just, you know, uh, and uh, it's, again, guys, it's such a, we're so glad and thankful to have you here today. Um, and I want to know for guys who don't know, listening, uh, uh, we have a sort of shared history that it's simply because uh, Scott, uh, you know, used to work for uh, Working with Death, the, uh, mm-hmm. the publication wing, I guess, all the other draft house. Yeah. And where I, that's where I started my, uh, uh, I did a few of my earlier, earliest writings. Uh, online, so I just wanted to say, uh, well, first of all, it's so good to see you again. Yeah, you and, too, uh, man. And uh, you know, thank you for uh, you know all those years of support and uh, support me. Uh, you know, end <clears throat> up in, in the game, as it were. So I remember, I remember. Didn't you get pulled out of the comments? To weren't you one of those folks that got like you were a regular commenter, and then we pulled you up on the stage at some point, and then you just yeah. you was the contributor from that point on. Yeah, I was busy fighting the war in Afghanistan. It's hey, you want to move for it? Why the fuck not? Got it better to do, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I I always liked uh, Vice on the site. He was um, uh, uh, a very colorful personality, I will say, and uh, could be a hot little potato from time to time. But we all could be, and um, I really. I really enjoyed having his his very particular uh, voice on the site, and I'm I'm delighted to see him again today. That he's yeah. doing well. And just uh, I'm I don't know how to say this, you know. So this is my, my, I was uh, kind of getting in with the uh, Austin slash Texas film crew, but mm. I was so I just thought it was funny personally that uh, I thought you was, when I first met you and uh, the way you speak and write, I thought you were from here, like from here in New York, New England, or whatever. Yeah, because you have that uh, <laughs> dr- that uh, sardonic like fucking uh, the the the, the beautiful assholeness, I guess. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't see from anybody else. <laughs> it's a lot. It's it's a lot of it is in the voice, and I I can't really account for um the voice. I I was raised in Texas. My uh my parents have no accents to speak of. This is just how I ended up talking, and a lot of people assume that I'm I'm from uh up north. 
somewhere. Yeah. I've heard Chicago or New York and all that kind of <laughs> shit. I don't fucking know. But. Yeah, yeah another I, life. Uh, Wampler was a uh, uh, the king of uh, New York. Yeah. yeah, the king of New York. I was going to say like a cabbie, like an angry cabbie that would uh, be yelling at, at uh, people for like staying in the walkway or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't hack it up there, dude. I, I I love visiting New York, but I don't think I could live there. It's uh, it's too much for my delicate sensibilities. It's very overwhelming up there. Yeah, the worst part is the parking. Everything else is fine. That's no problem. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I see. Well, so we'll get into this. The first part here. So Scott Narek, uh we just wanted to, uh, you know, fill our fans in. I mean, not that people need, need us to tell, ask you, but you know, like you guys are so super famous. But uh, if, you know, just uh, uh, in brief, in brief, how you can, how you guys came to be with the King cast and how this all kind of started rolling. Best you want to take it? Sure, yeah. sure. Um, well, we both knew each other, and we both, you know, kind of bonded over our shared love of Stephen King, and uh, uh, then this little thing happened called <laughs> COVID. And we both kind of found ourselves out of work because movies weren't coming out. Theaters weren't open and our uh, respective jobs. I was freelancing a lot um, at that point, writing about movie stuff. Uh, and Wampler was not, but... Uh, Wampler lost whole... the same job twice in the space of about <laughs> five <Yeah>. weeks. <laughs> uh, and so we were Once just by kinda, choice, though. Right. And we were just kind of sitting around... Um, and I, I kind of had pitched Scott this idea like months and months before, before pre-COVID times, uh, about starting a podcast about Stephen King. And he took to it right away. And we're like, okay, this is good. I knew that I'm, I could be a little bit, I'm not as funny as Scott. Let's just put it that way. And I need, I knew I needed somebody who knew as much about King as, as I thought I did and, uh, uh could also bring humor, uh, and you know, was is sharper than, than I was. And so I knew like right from the beginning that he was the one that I wanted to go on this adventure with. And luckily he said, yes. And we went to prom. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but no, what, what happened was now we're uh, expecting you know, our third. I know it's, it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful nuclear family we're starting. Um, but no, it's, it, uh, you know, COVID kind of hit and accelerated our, our plans and we were just sitting around doing nothing. And we're like, now's the time to you know, what can we do from our couches since we can't go outside? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how it was born. And it was oddly perfect because not not to make light of uh, a situation that has traumatized and still continues to traumatize everybody uh, who lived through it, which is the entire world. Um, but, you know, we, a lot of the good guests and stuff we were able to get in the early days were because people were just sitting around at home with nothing to do, <laughs> you know, and we didn't, it was easy to, to approach, you know, people, sometimes people that we knew, sometimes, you know, uh, people that we knew through friends, whatever the asks were easier to make when there was no excuse of like, sorry, I'm shooting a movie for six months. I can't, can't come on. So, um, you know. At the beginning of all this, neither one of us had ever done a podcast before. And those early episodes, boy, you can sure uh, tell that. <laughs> um, yeah, those you know, are but, rough. Uh, but yeah, if no, you're a newcomer the, to the show, start like 20 in and loop back to those like once you're right. all set. <laughs> yeah, there, there's whole episodes in the first like three months of the show where we have like big guests. We have Elijah Wood on talking about misery. And uh, I just like didn't know that my microphone wasn't connected to my computer you know what i mean and so it's like it's they both sound really good and then i sound like i'm beaming in from mars because it's going through my shitty computer uh, audio or my computer <clears throat> microphone and not the real one i bought mm. so there was a lot of a lot of that stuff but yeah i mean we just you know uh that's the the long long 
probably boring version of the story, but that's the uh, that's the origins of the King cast. Right place, right time is the too long yeah. didn't read on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you made from lemons. Yeah, yeah. You guys literally like started with Kamel Nanjani. Like you guys we came did. out of the gate <laughs> big. Well, um, you know, Eric and I both uh, both. Uh, spent like you know in eric's case 20 in my case 10 years in the in the content minds of a of one movie (laughs) blog or another and uh you know during that time um you make contacts with people and you know you you meet meet or interview like famous folks who you end up staying in touch with and so by the time you know our jobs exploded uh, Eric and I had a pretty deep bench to to pull from in terms of people we knew that we could we could contact and to the to this day I would say like 90 percent maybe higher of of all the guests are just people we know from Twitter or that we've been in touch with before yeah rarely definitely, publicists it's a, definitely a friends of friends like ass. going through the publicists is the worst part of of uh, of all yeah. this we we were got so cocksure at the beginning because everybody was saying yes right away you know right. up front and it was like oh this is easy like getting guests on a podcast is easy and then once we started going <laughs> yeah. like, we're gonna sign up to imdb pro and we're just gonna make the ask and say hey we've gotten ryan johnson we've gotten elijah wood and kumail nanjian we've gotten all these big names so take us seriously and uh i'd say out of a hundred of those like hey will you come on the show or or this is what the show is would they be interested response to maybe nine maybe ten responses and of those like i think we've gotten a whole two guests out of going that route yeah and that and one of them was will (laughs) who i had a previous relationship with in the my early days with uh ain't it cool news i interviewed him back then and we'd hang out at cons and stuff we just haven't seen each other in like 20 years so uh yeah the publicist uh, stuff they don't really give a shit they're not we're not you know like you you jokingly referred to Marin. we're not pulling in those numbers yet so they don't you know people people don't really kind of yes i like that i like that optimistic manifestation there uh yeah not yet yeah (laughs) is i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna curb that right now (laughs) Marin's numbers dude it's just not happening well what happens when we get barack obama on the show (laughs) I still don't think we get Marin's numbers. <laughs> you have to at least give you like acknowledge though. You you guys have had the man himself on the show. Like I mean, for a show called The King Cast, dedicated to Stephen King, I'm not sure there's a bigger get than fucking Stephen King. So yeah, we had doing something right. We yeah. had mixed feel, or I I don't I won't speak for Eric on this, but I had mixed feelings about it. You know, obviously it was very exciting, but um. The thing is, we found out like 10 months prior to that. And then we spent that whole 10 months waiting for a window to open. Like we got the yes. And then it was a matter of waiting for a window. And it was checking in every two, three months for that entire duration. We had to sit on this the whole time. So that was like a really tough secret to keep. Um, And it kept going on and on and on. And then finally one day it was just like, okay, we're, we're doing it like in a couple of weeks. It's like, holy shit. And that's when it sort of started to seep in. Like we've only been doing the show for less than two years now. And we got to King. Is there a sense of like, you know, um, you know, that, that we should be doing this before the show's ready to end. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
we just kind of decided, no, we're going to fuck it. We're going to do it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> obviously, we're going to fucking do it. But, you know, if that's where it peaks, I don't think I don't think we can you can name anybody. And I don't think they're a bigger guest for that particular show than than King. We could get Spielberg on and it still wouldn't be Stephen King on a Stephen King podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that does take some of the pressure off. And that's how I'm looking at it now. It's like, right. um, well, we can kind of, you know, that's that's one less thing to worry about in the in the long term. And hopefully yeah. he'll come back. He seemed to have a great time. Hopefully he'll come back for the. Uh, yeah. Like a, a, one of the final episodes, I think. Yeah, that's kind of the the goal is is uh, we've got him now. We've kind of, you know, everything. It's like, um uh you know winning uh big at a table game in vegas like right up front on your first day so you're we're, right now we're just playing with the house's money so so uh uh our kind of big goal is that you know that king had a good enough time that whenever we do decide to wrap things up on the king cast that that we he'd be willing to come back for for one more kind of in-depth you know farewell thing well, that, that that begs the question like you guys actually have like an end game in mind because like i think for the three of us this is just like this is like our guy time for a week like we just like <laughs> actually like have an outlet where um you know an excuse for uh the three of us to just chat to each other for like an hour to 90 minutes and it doesn't because it's ours is, is like it's a little bit like what you were saying scott it's like we're just kind of reacting to news we're not doing a, a ton of deep dives. And even in the movies, we don't make ourselves like, you know, go through all these categories and and really try to, to, to get deep on stuff. It's really supposed to just be about like a hangout vibe. But because you guys are exploring this one guy's, you know, work and his legacy. So it's like, and he's not going to stop until he's going to stop. So <laughs> right. yeah, like I, I'm just kind of curious you guys seem to be talking about like that there would be an end date well yeah there will be um we 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 talk about that actually i think more frequently than people might expect because you don't want to overstay your welcome um and we've already got an idea for another show that we want to do um I guess we haven't said that anywhere before, but I'll say it here. <laughs> Breaking um, news on the action we, for everyone. We, we know, we, like, we know very specifically what we we want to do, and I think we're gonna do it. I think there'll be overlap between those things, maybe. Hmm. Um, but we can only do this show for so long. You know what I mean? Like, there's. Um, we allow for repeat titles. The show is designed to allow for for repeat titles so that theoretically you could do it as long as you want. But also realistically, we can't do fucking a dozen episodes on Pet Cemetery. You know, at a certain point, you just run out of shit to say. The fact that the guests always get to choose whatever the title is sort of guarantees that they're going to come to the table with something, some specific angle or some some reason that they are you know particularly passionate about those those titles and that tends to change it up no matter what but at the same time we've only done a few shawshank episodes and i don't think i have a another word in me about shawshank (laughs) so um so i don't know yeah it's gonna have to it's gonna have to be brought in for a landing at some point we have a vague idea if we want to do that but it's not anytime soon yeah, I mean, I, I think we're pretty safe to say that we're at this for at least another year or two, um, if not yes. more. 
you know, it, when, when we say we're, we just don't want to be, you know, kind of on the downward trend where we're like, yes, we might get a good guess, but we're just struggling for things to say um, about a particular title. Uh, but like Scott said, there's so much of the shows, you know, it's, it's more about the guests coming in, talking about their experiences with the title. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be a fresh version of that. Listen to any of the Brian Fuller episodes, the guy who created Hannibal, he's come on and he comes like his brand now is doing queer reads of Stephen King stories. And he approaches something like Christine as a trans allegory in a way that I'd never would have imagined, you know, uh, you know, myself as, as a reader um, or, you know, kind of his queer read on Salem's lot and what it means for gay youth and, and, you know, all this stuff, it, there, there's always going to be room to keep it fresh, you know, but you also want the host to be invested, you know, and for all we know, we'll be looking at this in two years going, we're more invigorated now than we were at the beginning of this and we'll mm-hmm. keep it, keep it running. But, you know, we're definitely conscious of, of uh, not letting the show get stale or let, letting us get bored with it. So. Right. That's part as of what I kind of, it's fun. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, part of what I kind of, it hurts me that, uh, you know, the, the text, the material, the movies, the films, uh, books, right. uh, they all last, you know, forever. They're already there, but like the audience will keep coming as, you know, people grow up and find these stories in part, in part thanks to you guys, you know, spreading the word. So yeah, like, uh, like you mentioned finding a trans allegory and that like, uh, there's always going to be these uh, new voices that we may not have heard from previously. Or totally. Previous times. Right. It's always going to add some new, new life to this stuff. Um, you know, and especially, especially as, especially because the world is getting as fucked up and, or more so than his fucking stories, you know? So <laughs> it, makes, right? it makes all the more sense that people kind of gravitate toward this stuff and, and talk about it and kind of explore it because it's not, ultimately it's not really about the King stuff anymore. It's about how we're living through it. And this kind of, it's just, it's just one, one weird vehicle of us uh, exploring that. Right. Uh, I, 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 I'm kind of, I'm getting kind of philosophical here because you know, I we I just uh well I guess can we took are we gonna go into today's show or uh, today's uh topic yeah yeah because, we can uh, do it yeah so we just uh we were talking about the Running Man of nineteen eighty seven so Arnold Schwarzenegger of course it's famous uh sci fi uh, uh dystopian uh, uh uh movie and satire uh, deep dark satire yeah yeah and like you know it's I just I hadn't seen this I first saw this uh honestly I first saw it when I was a kid on uh. A broadcast TV channel 11 WPIX New York, the New York movie station. And so they, of course, it was edited out, but like, you know, even then, like as a kid, and this movie is so, so wild, so powerful that the, the messages kind of got through. Um, so now seeing it now for the first time in Jesus decades, I think, honestly, I was like, I'm surprised by that. I feel like this is a movie you would be into. Well, just uh, it's a weird thing about me is that I don't, I don't watch movies repeatedly very often just because, uh, yeah, so no, no, like, there's like a weird, like, code or anything. I just, just it happened not to. Um, unless it's Blade, but uh, other than that, like, <laughs> no, I just uh, I kind of like I kind of like to have the memory of it, like how it affects me, you know, as I'm watching it. Kind of, that's my story with the movie. But right then th- that that actually, I think for me, when I do rewatch it, me having more experience in life and coming back to it with fresh eyes um, does actually kind of enhance it, as it did in this case. You know, like uh, it's a, you know, even then back then on his face, the, the, the satire, the allegory is very you know on the nose, very very clear. Mm-hmm. It was just there was nothing. There was no real, real subtext to it per se, but uh, just the fact that you know the world is a goddamn circus sideshow, like like in a way that even they the eighties couldn't have predicted. You no, know, it's you know 
coke fueled uh, insanity. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like it makes it, it makes this you know feel more uh, in a weird way quaint, but also powerfully relevant too. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, oh, what if we could simply just uh, air the air the uh, errors and grievances of, of the of the man on TV and wake mm-hmm. people up. But you know, of course, that's not the case. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the end. The end. Nowadays, they would have shown you know Trump setting someone up, and everyone would have been like, "Fine, I don't care." Yeah. <laughs> Kill him anyway. He was a loser. He deserved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was yeah. no. There was no way there was ever going to be a smoking gun. I think that's what the last five years taught us that it just didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm starting backwards though, because that's the end. But, yeah, so I guess we'll start from the beginning a little bit, or however you want to do it. I mean, sure. well, you like, 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 because, like, uh, Mike said, we don't really have a, like a. Why don't we start with the appropriate that this is actually, you know, based on on a Stephen King story. And and once you guys set us up, like what what is different between the Stephen King story? Oh, my God. And I'm kind of annoyed that like it's it's better than anything I've ever done. And he didn't even put his name on it. So that, that kind of pisses me off. Oh man, it's uh, how long you got? Because the 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 movie and the the novella slash pulpy novel paperback that he released under Richard Bachman share uh, almost nothing in common besides the main character's name. Uh, there, there is a Killian in there too. So there's some character names. The basic idea of there being an uh, kind of this post-apocalyptic future where um, uh, for enter- there, that violence is entertainment and people can tune in and watch people die in the in the book. It's all about a guy signing up to to uh, do this because his family uh, is sick. He needs meds for his kid, I think. Um, and his wife's a prostitute and that's not enough to get by. And, and it's this really dark thing. Um, what they do in the the book is it's more about playing into the viewer's culpability than the movie is. Um, the movie touches on that for sure. Yeah. Like when you have those cutaways to like the granny winning the home version of the running man and, and, and you know, the, the studio audience, like betting on who's going to be the, the next, uh, 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 person to, to die, you know, that kind of thing, uh, that's culpable. But in the, in the book, it's, it's open up to the entire world. It's not just a little set that they, they have, um, they kind of release the contestants and then the hunters, um, and they're just amongst the world, you, as far away as you can get from from the studio. The you know, but you could go all the way to the other coast, you know. And and uh, uh, as you're doing so, you uh, you're being chased, and uh, people are being paid uh, to give tips on if they spot you. So like, you could just be out in some country bumpkin store and spot a runner and call in the hotline and and earn a thousand new bucks or whatever the hell they call them in the in the uh, in the in the book. Um, so it becomes more of this, like, what, what is your, uh, your own involvement? What would you do? You know, you're, you're just as kind of evil as this, this network, not only because you're watching it because you're now part of the show and you're helping hunt, hunt these people. So the, the movie became way more of its own, just straight up Schwarzenegger vehicle. Um, and, uh, and I happen to like it. I think the movie's really good. It's not the book at all. Um, but the book is way darker. It ends with, with uh, you know, uh, the main guy crashing a plane into a building in New York uh, to take out the tower. Um, uh, you know, and the show. <laughs> it's uh, 
you know, little things that, uh, that maybe wouldn't fly so, so much, uh, in the last 20 years, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I really love the movie for what it is. And that's something we kind of discovered doing the show. We've revisited it a few times. Now we've done like a commentary on our Patreon with uh, Steve Agee, who was just on the peacemaker. Um, he was die beard on peacemaker. He came in and watched the whole movie with us and did a really funny commentary. Um, and we've done a few episodes on it. It's a surprisingly popular title, actually. Uh, people love talking about this thing. and I. Uh, but the movie, I, I feel like it held up. It's kind of got that, it's not quite as good as like a RoboCop, but it's it's hitting those same same notes, you know, with kind of that uh, commercialism satire uh, in a way that you maybe wouldn't expect if you just hadn't revisited it in, in a while. The, the only thing I'll add here is, because Eric nailed it, is that with the difference between the novella... Um, written under Richard Bachman's name uh, versus the movie is so great that uh, there's a really cool opportunity here for Edgar Wright, who is now adapting this. Uh, right. I think is his next project. Uh, it's been a while since we heard anything about it. We've, yeah. we've tried to talk to Edgar and he's very busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he'd say shit, even if we did talk to <laughs> right. him. But, like the question now is what is he going to do with this property? Is it going to be a mixture of those, the satirical uh, uh, late eighties elements um, transported to today, or is it going to be full on Bachman where it's very gritty and dark and mean spirited, or is it going to be like something in between? I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere like a middle ground. So you've yeah. got that, recognizability of the of the property for people that aren't familiar with the book but know the schwarzenegger version but also it's going to be like i think it'll be less it might be the more verhoven movie you know like towards uh more in that direction like eric was talking about with robocop and uh i think that's worth getting excited about yeah, it can't be any worse than the RoboCop remake, though. So, hey. oh, I, I never go- saw that. Yeah, shit. just was it <laughs> Len Wiseman, right? Or was that Len? No, 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 no. no that was Total Recall. The Total Recall Total one. Recall. I, I was talking about bad. this with uh, with Damon Who last night on Twitter. Mm. Was just like like because he told me about the Edgar one, which I had forgotten about that announcement. Yeah. I was like, it's really interesting that like none of the sci-fi action remakes from the late '80s through '90s have worked. And it's mm. in some ways to me, I feel like it's those those films are still so vital to us that they don't feel like they need to be really remade. And if they are, they're not doing them in, in the same smart way that they seem to be doing it with the horror movies where they're remakes slash legacy sequels like Robocop mm. could have so easily just been a legacy sequel slash remake right. that changed his name. And, and there's a statue of the old Robocop in Detroit somewhere. Right. And and I think more people would have been willing to go along with that than, than just being like, hey, that movie that you love that still feels fucking incredibly vital is we're going to redo that as a PG-13 actioner. Mm-hmm. So um, but yeah, no, I think that because of this being like uh, like what you guys said, where it's it's based on it's an adaptation. And and um, as as much as I, I love The Running Man, I don't think it hits the same highs as like a Total Recall or, uh, or no. RoboCop. Um, no. No, it's like but, it's like a, a step under yes uh, those, but surprisingly good. Like uh, it, well, the greatest part about it is that it's fucking ninety five minutes, and it's like right. it's such it's, a great it's, tight programmer. Yeah. It's got yeah. a great star, and it, it's a budget, and 
the thing I was going off about last night, I was like, God damn it. They would fucking, you know, if it wasn't Edgar Wright, I could see this just being, you know, like a, like a Netflix 10 episode series oh, that I would Christ. stop watching after right. episode two, because they, they're going on and on and wheel spinning. Whereas this one's just like, it gives you these little bits of these characters in this world. And it's always just propulsive and moving forward. I just, I was like, Oh, I'm obviously going to fall asleep and I'm not going to finish this movie tonight. Cause I started at 10 got right through it. It was like, it was, it was amazing. I had such a great time. I actually uh, tweeted this last night, you know, after, especially after having a certain three hour movie that recently came out that we've talked about a lot on this show in my mind that it's like, Paul Michael, like, look, we're none of us are going to call Paul Michael Glazer uh, or Glasser a, a, a visionary director here. Motherfucker gives us an entire prison break before the opening credits are over. Yes, like, yes. And, that is, and at least one exploding head. That is fucking <laughs> storytelling right there. Right. Like, holy shit. You got yeah. an entire fucking movie. Before the opening credits are over, I, I that I was because I, I like Vice. I haven't watched this in probably 25 years. Um, and I, I was fucking gobsmacked. I had totally forgotten about the whole prison break at the start of the movie. <laughs> it's just like fucking hell, this is some efficient action filmmaking right here. To you an earlier what? point you made, Glazer is not a visionary, but the world building in this movie is really, really solid. You know, there's there's all kinds of fun little cool things happening in the margins. Some of them, some of them are pretty dark and, you know, <laughs> mean spirited, but um, it's, uh, I do think it, I agree with Eric that it's like right on, like a, a one step down from uh, a RoboCop or, you know, a total recall or something like that. And it's one of my favorite Arnold performances. I think he's just great in this. It's, he absolutely should not be playing this character if you're going by the book. You know, it's it's like how when they always adapt Philip K. Dick and they turn it into a movie with like fucking Ben Affleck and he's on a motorcycle all the time and like in the rain. And you're like, this is fucking, you know, Philip K. Dick, if if this were his protagonist, he would look like fucking, you know, like a little like squirrely Steve Buscemi guy. He would not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger hmm. or Ben Affleck. Um there's there's a feeling of that to it, but I'm rambling now. But I no, think no, no. world I, building is really really solid in this movie, and um, well, to touch I on think the, it's uh, just fun as fuck. Yeah, it is. To touch, to touch on the Arnold part for a minute, though, like this is like kind of always been the secret sauce is that like Arnold plays this out of out of reality person so well that he can fit in any reality. That's just yes. right. He's so larger than life, like quite literally and, and you know metaphorically, but also like so. But there's also these. I don't want to say of his time, but they have these hot elements of the time. You know, uh, Yafet Koto, Maria Kachita Alonso, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the guy, the, the family feud guy, Richard Dawson. This yeah. thing, you know, like, it's all like has this, these these spices and flavors of that time, and it makes, it's like it's a this perfect little like stew of 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 eighties action, eighties eighties nonsense um, that you know that really spoke that even though it's again it spoke to its time, we can still get that flavor from now. You know, this is very quintessential. Of what you would think an '80s act sci-fi movie is, mm-hmm. because because they're they themselves when they were doing it were like, you know, a lot they were on, on they were on fire with it, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and Schwarzenegger at this point is so at the top of his like king shit, 
you know yeah. oh this this is like peak schwarzenegger here you know this what this has got to be right around predator it's right around commando yeah. right 87 so, arnold is out there slaying ass and just racking up <laughs> Huge fucking paydays. That's what it's, Arnold is doing. This motherfucker <laughs> drops Predator and the Running Man in the same year. Yeah. Like, are Imagine you, being Arnold you? during like the period between eighty-six and eighty-nine or something. You are cleaning up in between every Commando way. and Twins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just what do y'all? What do y'all think of Arnold? Like, well, um, I, I think I'm the huge Arnold fanboy of the podcast this is actually like i i watch pretty much all his movies like at least every couple of years so i've seen yeah. this one i think more than the other guys um and what what was still refreshing last night when i watched it again was like he knows he's being comedic but he doesn't undercut it with like you know we watched adam project last week where like you know the, the today's comedic style in movies is just it, it's always sort of like we want to be in on the joke and i'm just right. so it's so refreshing that he is just going to be like, now plane zero. And it's just like he's delivering <laughs> it full throated to camera. There's like the, 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 the wink is he doesn't have to like look into the lens and do the winky type of bullshit that we seem to have to do now. Sure. Uh, and so that, that to me was just like, and, and he fucking just will, will, will put himself out there on these things that like even working with, with modern actors that get really, uncomfortable in the way that he just like you're saying has that presence and just puts his fucking face into each yeah. line and it's like look at me look at this shit-eating grin yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he so, looks yeah. like he's having fun and that kind of translates and i will say that this has one of the best uh i'll i'll be backs in it yeah. and it's not, it's not him the way he says it it's the way richard dawson responds to it because yeah. that's when he goes he goes killian like i'll be back and then he goes only in rerun <laughs> and and like shoots him away it's like fuck yeah this is the great and and that's also kind of the secret sauce to this thing is and i think one of the things that holds up the best about it is richard dawson as killian um Killian in the book is just like an exec. It's just somebody who's kind of running things behind the scenes. They have like a whole other, you know, character that's the show host. Um, so they kind of merge those two characters in uh, in the movie. But then they brilliantly cast a guy who's famous for hosting TV shows. And he's great. Mm -hmm. Like Richard Dawson is so charismatic and funny and sinister and douchey, you know, and any eighties movies got to have a, a villain in a suit, you know, <laughs> some, also, some exec style, you know, and it play, it, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it plays off the uh, inherent, uh, what's the word sinisterness is not a word but <laughs> the the sinisterness of of dawson himself who was always kind of touchy-feely with mm. the lady guests on the show and right. was alleged to be just like you know by all accounts was a massive massive prick to everybody and, and it's drunk. like yeah yeah and and he just fucking leans into it for this you know it's something we've talked about on the show which which eric might have been uh moving towards just then was who would play the Richard Dawson role mm. in in a new one? And uh, I want to hear what they have to say because we have a really great great one that we're, yeah. we're pretty pretty set. Who, oh, if you were making this now, who would you cast in the Richard Dawson role? Fucking Trump. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> I would go. I would go all the fucking way. I would go all the way with the full soldier. Like, get his crazy ass back. He's not already dead by then. I mean, he like, has hosted a reality show before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like I mean, that's part of the whole right persona. The whole. Uh, 
verve of the, what we were trying to say, you know, so like, you know, like mm-hmm. we, we, we didn't avoid that future that they, they said. We went full steam into it. Oh, so yeah. So fuck it. Just, just go, back, go back into it again. Are, are, you, are you making that movie? Because I would not want to fucking spend yeah, know, no one, weeks that's on the set thing. with Donald Trump. No one's, um, no one's going <laughs> to No, No one would want that. It's a great idea in theory, but no one yeah. in practice wants to go to see that motherfucker on a movie screen. We said that in 2016. We'll get, <laughs> we said that in 2016, though. Look what happens. You know what yeah. I'm like, we'll get, I mean, saying? Maybe Ben Shapiro anymore. will, will uh, make it. <laughs> Oh you imagine it? <laughs> oh God! Shapiro standing next to Schwarzenegger and like barking orders at him. I mean, you could just you're gonna some, go down some, to the little pipe, and you're gonna <laughs> somebody deepfake Shapiro onto Dawson getting blasted. In, in a... <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's my so my, that's my theoretical answer. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Like, you make but we literally do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm mm. at a loss for people who could fill that role. What about you, Liam? What do you think? Uh, it's a that's a great uh, question, and I, I feel like you guys are going to top no matter who I, I come up with. Um, we've had this question a lot, so we have yes. an unfair. Yeah, we've had here. we've had a lot of time to think about it, so don't uh, don't feel I'll bad. Th- you I'll might, throw, you might I'll throw out one that I know. I know the one Eric's thinking of, but I'll throw out yeah. one that I I think I suggested at one point was Steve Harvey would be funny. To <laughs> oh, in the awesome That's like how they did a, they did Sam Jackson as uh, in Robo, the Robocop remake, but like yeah, he was right. like the. Uh, it, it was so weird. He was like part Al Sharpton, part like right. uh, part Fox News, newscast. Yeah, it was such a, it was bizarre. It was it was like a cutaway. They didn't do much with it, but yeah, yeah. I know that. He was like a talking head. Yeah, yeah. He was like a he was like a Fox broadcast newscaster, but like as like a black uh, uh, what do they call him? Uh, 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 race card player, whatever you want to call it. Right. It was, it was, right, a, very, right. It was a very bizarre thing. But uh, but he, he pulled it off. But no, yeah, I see Mark. <laughs> I don't know if I've just been watching Winning Time lately, but for whatever reason, I was like, "Well, John C. Riley could do anything. He could do mm-hmm. this. He could, he could, he could do the humor part of it, the seduction part, and also have the darkness." So that's one. That's one idea. I don't know. Right. What about you, Michael? It's Gordon Ramsay. like like he's walking through and everything's going to shit and he has to start yelling at all subordinates and be like you fucking donkey you fucking donkey you know like it's it's gordon ramsay like like if you're gonna upgrade it because he's got that anger he's got that edge he's uh, by all accounts, a massive prick in real life, and mm-hmm. um, and and so but he can I, cook a mean scrambled egg. So yeah, and fine. he can cook a mean scrambled egg. Yeah, so but uh, you know, <laughs> I, that's that's totally who I would I would do as mm-hmm. Ramsey. Yeah, yeah we, you say we, that, but I fucking I learned how to cook really good scrambled. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay, that shit is good as hell, dude. Yeah, yes. Uh, I think we got this this beat, Scott. You want to hit him with with ours? Yeah, uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Oh no question. Yeah. No question. No fucking question. No, that's that's the winner. That's, that's the winner. Yeah. <laughs> can you just yeah? Can you just like picture her like doing the the funny in front of the audience thing? You can get that whole Gordon Ramsay being mean because she is, and uh, allegedly for for but the, but the, the part that the part that hits the hits the the problem is actually like presenting the offer to her and like <laughs> being in the meeting and be like, so Ellen, <laughs> we know everybody hates you. Yeah. We want you to just leave. We both right know. Into that. We both know what you are. So sign the contract and just <laughs> lean into it, buddy, because this is as good as it's gonna get. I have the a only feeling way out she's is through. Just fucking go for it. Yeah. I have a feeling she could be extremely intimidating in that role, like like real Henry Fonda in uh, Once Upon like, a Time in the West. You know, kind of steely yeah. eyes, 
this person who you know is a sweetheart to most of america could like you know i don't know just really I, bring bring the I evil can, i can see it now there was like a meme or whatever back uh last year when she was like talking like how george bush or w is a nice guy somebody right put, somebody put the background as she's speaking of the abu Ghraib uh, uh tor- torture <laughs> right. pictures yeah. uh, you know in the background and she fit in is that what yeah. you're saying she should do that. That's just like do that in real life in the movie. They would do that. They would right. Put her in actually in Abu Ghraib, kind of fucking you know, like Paul Schrader shit going on, and like, <laughs> oh, oh my god, that'd be brilliant. Oh, you guys are the best. I'm oh, thinking I, I, of now. Well, now I'm imagining like the Abu Ghraib photos, but like Ellen dancing through them. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Jesus! You know, Liam, it it might not be as hard to pitch it to her as you think because sometimes like leaning into your heel turn is great career rehabilitation, right? right. If you sure. you're like you're in on the joke, right? You yeah. you have you have burned down your entire empire here because it's come out that you're just an awful, allegedly an awful, awful person. <laughs> um I would be, be if I were her, I'd be begging to do it. Like, yeah, it, yeah, what a crafty, it would be such lean a crafty in, career move. Lean into it, <clears throat> remind people that you know you can be charming and funny, but you're also like I don't know. I I think you could. I think you could make a pitch that that would that would actually score on that. Well, right, because people don't actually care that people are monsters. They know people are monsters. It's the fact that her brand was that she's nice, and then if your right. brand is I'm the nice person, but you're actually an asshole, that's when people go right, oh, right, right. I don't like. Yeah, it. people hate hypocrisy. They really do. It's 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 like the only thing that you can't do. Uh, as again, as Trump taught us, like you can, as long as he's just like, I'm an asshole and he's an asshole, everyone's fine with it. <laughs> right. Well, it's kind of, well, I wanted it, to, oh, sorry, no, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's because <clears throat> Trump being like that, um, gave, uh, not even tacit permission to a large portion of the country to, to embrace their, their worst fucking instincts, you know, and, just what a kick in the balls those mm. those years were mm. and god yeah, help bullying us. is good actually yeah if that ain't over yet yeah. i'll fucking drown myself in a toilet yeah. that, that <laughs> that's actually yeah. one of the things that i think kind of hits in this movie um sorry vice i totally cut you off uh you you have oh. right, i'll come well, I'll, I'll loop no, well, we'll probably we'll probably get to the same point actually because like we're saying like because it, it occurred there's a lot to say about the movie, like the text of it, but honestly, just the fact that um, it we it feels so alive now. It almost feels like I want to talk about the world as it reflects the movie rather than the movie itself. Because like uh, sure. Well, here I'll start with this anecdote. Anecdote because uh, it, so you know, I guess the kind of, the whole concept of this uh live TV executions, you know, it was you know it was uh, outlandish back then. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a TV show, a reality show, last one season on CBS, I think it was maybe in 2017, I believe. It was called The Hunted. So the yes. premise was the premise was there was a, a crew of uh people who volunteered to try to get, get caught by like these uh this crew of uh, law enforcement professionals. Mm-hmm. And so but the, the gist was they they were try they had to they were trying to avoid using any electronic means of, of currency like you know, ATM trying to avoid uh, any kind of digital signature. And the point was to see if a person nowadays could avoid surveillance or avoid being captured um, with our modern digital infrastructure. So you had these volunteers on one side trying to, you know, hitchhike across the country, whatever, like a uh, an analog, as it were. And then you had this uh, this crew of uh, intelligence, this intelligence cell, 
made up of like a, a DOD, a FBI, a CIA, all these, all these various agencies. And then there was a third part with the actual, well, the hunters. They were the actual uh, law enforcement uh, personnel, law enforcement military personnel who uh, were like on the boots on the ground trying to apprehend the people based on the intel that the intelligence cell got. When I was in the army, I had a friend. Uh, he was a uh, 13 Fox. It's a Ford observer. It's a fire support vessel. They're uh, effectively called fisters. Artillery, artillery dudes embedded within infantry guys to call fire. Fisters? Yeah. yeah that that yeah. Right uh, was, was Scott's name in high school, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a play on the FSC Ford support team. But yeah, they, they love me. They, well, you know, he's going to be careful how you say it, but they love it. My friend who was a fister was one of the fucking hunters on that show. Huh. Like, and, and he, you know, he's there with like the in, in the squad, well, the you know, unmarked car to track these dudes down. And I just, I, you know, this is like, this will be a year after I got out the army, and I was just kind of, I don't know, I, I was aghast, I was shocked, I was, you know, I was like, this is the fucking world we're in now, you know, like mm-hmm. it, 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 this, this, this stuff that we see in these crazy films is actually happening, but just in a few shades away from how it is, and it's like it was. I don't know. I, you know, you know, I don't know, of course, he's kind of a, he was probably the anti-vaxxer Trump guy too. Um, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, I, I, that's the part that kind of resonated with me seeing it again, like how um, it all, all happened so easily, but also how it, it's not, abs- the absurdity that there's no more absurdity, I think it's just, it's just the strangest thing. I don't, I don't you know? think we're too too far away we're one gentle push into the running man being a real thing that we watch it's it's uh we i think as a society we're we've always been close we like watching violence you know that's the thing we've had this conversation a lot on our show about uh you know boxing and mma and uh you know a lot of these things people aren't watching it hoping somebody dies but they want to see some blood you know they want to see somebody get real fucking hurt and then you kind of tag on, like I mean, just in the wake of like the Kyle Rittenhouse thing and, and how a whole segment of our society viewed, you know, that those killings as, you know, totally cool because they wish they could be the ones doing it, you know, yeah. and, and, and in there. And those those were scum that needed to be cleaned up off the streets, you know, in their in their yeah. perspective. We're not very far away from from this becoming a reality or at least us as a society being in a place to accept something like this. Um, you know, in the last four years in particular have been, um, well, I guess the last six years um, have been, you know, kind of just the way we've responded to something like the COVID epidemic, the, the way that we, we've we um, uh, been responding to, you know, uh, just every ba- basic politics on a local level and police brutality. And mm-hmm. even in Austin, you know, we're, we're, you know, our police are, are you know, shooting, shooting uh, uh, protesters and stuff, you know, we're not that far away from, from this being turned into entertainment for, yeah. for, uh, for profit. And I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I don't think it, it might, the optimist in me is saying it's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if, if before before I leave this earth, there isn't some version of the running man um, that exists. The pessimist in you is like, but my favorite stalker would be Buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah, Dynamo, baby. It's, yeah, it's all tree. Dynamo. I'm rooting yeah. Dynamo. Every yeah. time. You guys are Dynamo. That's that's crazy to me. I was like saying last night, he's. It's like, can we get Meatloaf 
<laughs> with electro powers and have him sing opera. Uh, but you got I this. Do... You got a. You got this large, fat man <laughs> in his in his briefs, and he's like encased in plastic with a light up m- mohawk. How are you singing opera? Like, how am I not going to root for that? I mean, like, he's a little rapist. He's a little rapist. He, he'd, he'd get canceled. But uh, that's not to mention a guy who's who can literally be defeated if it fucking rains. Spit on him. Yeah, it's not the. It's well. Th- there's the other guy who's always on like ice skates, right? <laughs> Sub zero. Like, like just run into a parking lot, dude. You're fine. Like, <laughs> what's he gonna do? <laughs> you know. Well, he still has like a he still has a sword hockey puck thing. So I mean. <clears throat> Plus oh, that's true. <laughs> he's got some plus, distance. You know yeah, what? Bothers, you know what bothers me about Sub Zero, and and I am happy. Like I'm happy anytime I see uh, Professor Toro Tanaka in a movie. <laughs> Amazing. But this mm. is 1987. This is the height of like Gretzky going to LA because his wife is an actress. Like you couldn't cast Wayne Gretzky in this. Like you couldn't <laughs> even imagine? make the pitch to cast uh, Wayne Gretzky no. in this. If you had, if you had Gretzky and the professor in a room, who are you putting in the running? Man? <laughs> yeah. I don't care how good so he is. Dude. It, it, it doesn't matter how, how good he is. It's like, what's, what's going to be the better screen presence. He, he's so small. Liam, we're, we're getting hung up on a killer on ice skates with a razor. <laughs> <laughs> Gretzky would be too small. Well, Just Gretzky, 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 Gretzky famously had to have an enforcer like take care of him in hockey. He was like considered <laughs> kind of one of the, the softest dudes. He always needed a big guy around him. So that's all I you know, Tom Brady hockey is that how it was? No, well, sure. you know, look, Tom Brady just had the rules changed. I think that's totally different. <laughs> what I'm if they New brought England. out Gretzky and he looked all tough and badass, but then the professor came in and just him, like took his took his head off with one of those one of those pucks, and that's how you knew the professor meant business. Reminder: Gretzky was Gretzky. one of the Gretzky was one of the pro stars here. People, come! I on. love I love pro stars. Come on, like we're, mm-hmm. we're, we will not yeah. no Wayne Gretzky slander on this podcast. <laughs> that was actually part of the joke in Pro Stars was that he was tiny and he was eating sandwiches all the time. They were like, <laughs> and he was trying to put weight on. Like, you think I don't have a photographic memory of Pro Stars? I've got it. Um, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I like Bud Saw. He is definitely the Stone Cold Steve Austin character of this one. And it's almost kind of unbelievable that he lost a test of strength to Arnold because the guy looks fucking humongous. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm team, I'm team Bud Saw. Well, I'm team Jim Brown, just because Jim Brown. But but, but, but the, the, <laughs> I think the bigger the bigger fact is that you know like the, the movie understood to get, you know, in order to like get guys who could reasonably like, reasonably challenge Arnold, like you know, emotionally, whatever, physically. It's like these fucking fuck huge dudes, right. like these fucking massive yeah. tree trunks of, of flesh, and like they they, they play it all so well, uh, you know. Jesse Ventura, of course, like right. who can match, you know. I think equally with his charisma, his laws of physicality, but yeah, just such a fucking perfectly cast. Like, if you want to get mad hunters to hunt Arnold, this that you couldn't pick anybody better than this fucking movie. Right. I wish Jim Brown just kept his like open shirt look the whole movie. I wish <laughs> right. he was just like fuck <laughs> that fireball thing because that open right. shirt look he has with all the chicks around him is so fucking awesome. Yeah, and guy. he had that like Mr. Fantastic like gray streak in his hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that like with Arnold you're only real cho- like cuz Arnold is a different kind of action star than, you know, I think the the action stars that like uh, two thirds of this show might be drawn to today, like Eco and shit and, and Adkins. 
Um, Schwarzenegger does not have those skills. No. Right. So I really like the idea that like when you were making Schwarzenegger movies, like you had two options with with a bad guy. He could just be bigger than Schwarzenegger or you could just give him a bigger gun. Like those are your <laughs> only options. He's just so fucking enormous that. Oh, but also, well, no, no. I mean, famously, though, the T-1000, it was like, go leaner yeah. and, and have right. it be like surgical. That, that's almost the rise of tactical which I rail against on this podcast because <laughs> I'd, I'd rather watch Commando than, than, uh, than the tactical stuff nowadays. But um, I actually, when you're talking about the action and we're talking about the opening, it's actually a great like uh, distillation of, of Arnold as an action star because the fight with Yavakoto stinks. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a million mm-hmm. cuts. Uh, they're not really selling it all that great. But then it just cuts to Arnold grabbing some guy and saying, you know, give you a lift. And, he, and, it, and it holds it and then throws <laughs> him down. And you're like, it still delivered what I want out of an Arnold scene, which is just like, give me a great one liner that you're selling and use your strength to kill somebody. So it's like even even in, in some of those places where you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's not obviously Scott Atkins or, or one of those guys that can give you, uh, you know, a five move combo within one shot. It's still they just knew what his strengths were, and they always kind of you know mm-hmm. built it around that. I like that there was like kind of one like little like in joke as far as the uh, villains concerned. The uh, security guard guy, Sven. Mm-hmm. You know, people might recognize him. He's been in a several horror movies. He's right. uh, he was a Conan Barbarian, a story mm-hmm. one of the the guy with the hammer. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he was also he was also in a Predator as one of the Russian officers guys as well. But you know, yeah. like he again, he's fuck huge bigger than Arnold. Right, and so like you, you kind of this, his presence makes him a threat. And he's great in this too, because this is the security officer that you think is going to like, like he has the same thing that Jesse Ventura has, right? Where he just kind of goes, yeah, nah, yeah. not going to do it. You yeah. know, he has his moment to stand up to him. He's like, nah, not going to do that's it. That's a great joke. Like, you know, you're expecting like, it's in, during the finale, you're expecting this huge fucking massive brawl. He's like, yeah, oh, fuck this, you know. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time. I got to go school some steroids. It's like they all have the same accent too. So. <laughs> you know what? The other, the other night I watched um, just on a whim, Kindergarten Cop. Oh, yeah. Which I fucking love that movie. I love like, it. Like it's, it's one of those movies that I kind of like laugh off, but every time I'm watching it, I'm like, this is a fucking good movie. Like, this is a seriously <laughs> fucking good movie, guys. You know? And then the next morning, Arnold posted that video to like a message to the Ukraine. Right. That was right. just like so poignant and and like, you know, got me choked up just watching it. And uh, it's fascinating what's become of him. Yeah. That, that, you know, we can we can talk about there's so many like Vice mentioned earlier that you can kind of plug Arnold into to anything. He's he. Because he was so iconic during his time that you would just go along with it because it's fucking Arnold. You know, there's very, very few movie stars like that anymore. Even The Rock, who's sort of like supplanted Arnold in terms of like <clears throat> big blockbustery movie star, and he's really big and he can do comedy and he can be pure charisma. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't think he even quite reaches the the Arnold level, and. I think that it is it is weirdly touching to me as like a child of the 80s to see you know to be to be able to hold the idea of running man in my mind and then also kindergarten cop and then mm-hmm. terminator 2 and then also this video that 
Schwarzenegger made the other day that like felt like better leadership than than anything I've seen from the people running the fucking country, you know, in a long time, you know, like a uniting message and like well written and, you know, performed well, heartfelt. It's um, I'm going to be really sad when when that guy goes. Oh, you know, yeah. it'll be, it'll be, you know, uh, um, sort of like losing a Bowie or a Prince. It's just like a one of a kind fucking yeah. thing. And then once it's gone, it's just, you know, you're never, ever getting that back. However, however many good facsimiles you make of it. Yeah. You, you asked earlier, um, we think of Schwarzenegger and I kind of wanted to go a little more in depth because, um, like I said, um, with hindsight, these movies and these actors and these stories have much more weight. And, you know, uh, we on this podcast and in general on, on what we call action Twitter, we talk about how um, the, the the action in film as a concept is inherently kind of fascist, you know, violence applying, applying violence sure. uh, to, you know, and, you know, and things like this movie. And to like, solve problems. To write your own world. But like, in, in, you know, in this movie, the way they, I guess how they changed the book to the movie now, you know, he's a cop, you know, he's a, he's an arm of the law who kind of, has a change of heart or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or, at least, or at least he's one of the good ones, so, so to speak, and he has to fight mm-hmm. the system. You know, we talk about this all the time, um, how we, we root for these action heroes who are usually law enforcement most, for the most part, but also in, a, in our real lives or in their real aspects, you know, these guys are conservative or right-wing or whatever, you know, they kind of, and they kind of take, they take to heart the messages of the films maybe more than we realize. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I seeing this, you know, it was, it was um, moving to me. It's moving, yeah, yeah. It was because, like, you know, like, uh, I think about this a lot. I, I all the fucking time, honestly. The, you know, trying to like uh, make up for uh, the uh, absolution of uh, past sins or, uh, you sure, yeah, uh, uh, in service or, or just you know wherever I've been. And so, like, yeah, and and so I think seeing him now, Arnold, the real person now. You know, be, have he been the governor? He's been in actual politics and stuff, you know, and like he's had this kind of soft, not softening his heart, but it's more he's taken that wisdom to heart, it seems, you know, like, uh, right. you know, he was, he, you know, he, he famously, you know, the Arnold is numero uno, the big cocky, you know, fun guy, you know, having affairs, <laughs> whatever, and, you know, you know, being a womanizer and all that shit, but like, like, and, you know, being a Republican, and yada, yada. But then he's like trying to, trying to legitimately trying to save the world in his own way, that, that right. with, it, with its own power. And yeah, just so it's, it's kind of interesting to see that see that Ukraine message now, and then watching the movie now again recently, how it's like that that's that same um, through line of trying to right wrongs or for the benefit mm-hmm. of other the other worlds. Yeah, it's really strange, you know. It's just, yeah, that, that again, this is this is the the art and life loop coming back and forth now. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's like which is again, like I said, I think this will always make like these these king stories in particular always re- relevant and resonant because we just keep going through these weird cycles of living through life and trying to like, you know, trying right. to be better. And, and yeah. So yeah, I just, yeah, I just wanted to add that because that, that was, I, I, you, you can almost, you can almost see it in this crazy ass movie, what he would become, <laughs> you know, right. but you know, we, we know it's fake, but like, you know, that like to know that he had that in him, you know, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's a kind of comforting, I guess, you know, I'm curious, you know, you're kind of spinning off from what you're talking about, Vice. You 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 saw action overseas, yes? Well, this is the, I and I talked about this in the we had a 
last at the end of the year we had a war film uh roll up thing. Yeah. And so I spoke about this. People heard this right before, but if you haven't, so uh no, I was an intel guy, so I was always behind the desk, whatever. I was never out on the I mean I did a couple of battlefield circulations, whatever, but I was never out, you know, on the front line. I never like had to shoot anybody with one gun or nothing like that. Yeah. Didn't you thing get is like that, shelled though at one point? Oh yeah, yeah, all the fucking time. That's the thing. <laughs> Every fucking day. <laughs> well, but I would I would consider that being in the shit. You know, I obviously it's not um marching over a fucking dune and you know <laughs> lighting up a gun, but it is it is traumatic. And and I think and and something I wanted to ask about ask you specifically was um how we, how you would feel about a real life running man? Like, what is your relationship to real world violence versus imaginary? Like, do oh. you like, and and if it were blurred in that way, where it became, you know, the entertainment became real, how would you feel about it as someone who was in, you know, well, you got like shelled, of, son? Yeah. <laughs> well, like a bunch of people like that, like seeing my seeing my friend, your truly man be an actual hunter that's fucking show really fucked me up, you know. Right. Um, but but all at the same time, like uh well I, I said this in another podcast, uh I didn't have to go to Baghdad to see what a hostile urban environment feels like, you know, from Brooklyn, sure. Queens, you know. I uh, like <laughs> tell the story about a guy get that got a drive by, got killed in front of my fucking house. My brother was coming home from school. Like that part of it is not new to me, sadly to say, but it is true, which I think helped me help me uh be able to handle or deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, so uh, there's a. So there's would a you bit... watch it? Oh, <laughs> well, you guys mentioned um, MMA, UFC, mm-hmm. uh, and I do watch that pretty pretty often. But even then, I do think uh, there is a pretty strong distinction. Like, it's hard. I want to talk about this for a minute because like it's, it's hard to explain. It's like uh, recently there was a big uh, heavyweight heavyweight championship fight, um, Francis yeah. Gano, you know, and like you know, and but the thing was the the fight wasn't really. It wasn't the fight that was noteworthy. It was the fact that he, what he was fighting against wasn't simply his point. It was the uh, exploitation of Dana White in the UFC because they wouldn't pay him what he's worth. Right. Like on. I think that there's a. It's back. You know, I was I was there when you know back when uh, McCain called it human, human cockfighting. Back when they were fighting fucking cages in Colorado, and now yeah. it's, now it's a fucking uh, you know Bud Light sponsored mega mega corporation event now. Right. I I don't think that's the same thing as what we're seeing in in these movies of dystopia. I, you know, like people have always wanted to see people fight. That, like, think it, like if we've always been that close to that verge, I don't think it's. I think in a way, it keeps us away from that. Honestly, like having this contained. That's interesting. Realm of thing because you know even even now like MMA has a lot of rules and like, like I, I, in a typical. So fight, you're saying you basically what you're saying is we're playing just the tip, so don't, we don't have to go <laughs> all the way to the base. <laughs> yeah, in a way, yeah. But I think uh, maybe to to finish your question, I think one thing to be wary of is probably like the I'm not like a, I'm not like a um, social media is bad kind of guy, but like there's I think there is a ways. The thing that fucked me up in the army was uh, not the selling per se; it was uh, having to see to study and analyze all the gore for for intelligence purposes. Sure, you can't unsee that shit, and I right. think there's a real issue with that the way with social media, like the way people do violence on social media and share it. I think that's probably the realm of where this the dystopia lies. And again, I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying like you know, internet is bad. I don't I don't mean it like that. I just mean like that. It's a very there's a the unprecedented way to manipulate or to uh to influence minds with shown violence 
something I don't think even now we're still not ready for. You know, and this is it's not the same thing. This is not saying you know, video games for violence or music for violence. This is a different thing. This is a different. This is the it's, it's a thing we still have to come to terms with about uh, where the line is blurred between violence and you know entertainment. I think totally. that's where it's going to be at. Not so much you know if I see see seeing kind of regular fight somebody you know whatever. I think I think it's you know, that realm. Yeah, I think they're, you know, I don't think those two things are um, entirely the same. You know, there's a there's a terminal conclusion to one of them that there might not be in another. And you can get that bloodletting. I think your point about it being, you know, almost a just the tip kind of deal is I had never really thought of that. And I, I think you're probably exactly exactly right about that. Yeah, because even then, even like like I, like they're trying to fight for uh labor rights too like so it's not like they, they we're all part of this we all live in society <laughs> right, right, right. Saying, you know, so like i Thank think that, joker that yeah so that, that, that's part <laughs> of it too like uh having these realms and outlets to do this, this to express these things is important we need it also and in turn they should be treated as part of society properly not outcast or no yeah. Yeah. I, I don't i don't love mma as much as probably people would think from from watching the movies um you know, I grew up liking or, or loving pro wrestling and I, I watched some of the early MMA stuff, but it used to be much more savage. And I, and I was a little turned off by that. <clears throat> There's actually a really interesting documentary by a, a favorite favorite of the pod, John Himes, called The Smashing Machine, which mm-hmm. kind of deals with that early period uh, with Mark Kerr and like with the, basically these guys would just get on top of each other and do this like elbow rake to the knees on, on the side of the people's faces and their faces would just explode. And that was like, yeah, the winner. And so once they started, you know, um, making the rules a little bit more sophisticated, it became much more of a, of a tactical sport. And it wasn't just the bigger guy got on top and just need and elbowed you till you died um, or, you know, tapped out, ex- your face exploded type of thing. Um, so that, those were kind Correct. of, yeah, there was kind of those early days that were, were pretty, um, brutal. And, and I, I think now, but it, it's, it still is like, um, it's one of those things that like, I'll go over a friend's house and they're watching it. I'll, I'll check it out, but I'm not, uh, I'm not as into it certainly as, as watching Donnie Yen suplex somebody in a movie. I'd much rather yeah. Yeah. be in that place. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I say token, you know, I, I could watch, you could always put a knife through somebody's like thorax or whatever, like or, or the fucking all the way to the base of the skull all day. Yeah, but, you pull know, up. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that, that, that's something that helps me kind of deal with the real shit I saw. You know, strangest ways. That, that's that's is that helpful to me? Yeah. Right on. So, would you watch the show? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! I'll probably be in the show, man. Honestly, I'll probably- <laughs> <laughs> as a hunter. No, no, I was wondering. I want I gotta like I gotta like I gotta help save the world, man. I gotta like mm. be the fucking be the hero. No, like I'm, or die trying, which probably die most more than anything. But, you know, I wanna put up the fight. You know, like fuck you, fascism. <laughs> what, what's oh. the name of the three guys that are dead but that they keep talking about? Oh, I for, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I don't I don't this Beautiful then, Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's us. That, that's the action for everyone. Crew. It's like We're Spen- all dead in a locker. It's like Spencer <laughs> Jenkins and Rodney yeah. or something like that. It's like three names like that. And they, they look like computer programmers or one of them does. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah! Shout out to the yeah. I want to yeah. Shout out to the actual computer computer nerd guy. 
Because like he was like yeah. he was like he saved the fucking world. He was a key component of that whole fucking movie. Not just Arnold like you know being beating up uh, yeah bad dudes. <laughs> like this is just a reminder like intelligence brains matter as much as brawn guys. This is the important. <laughs> this is lesson for today. We Do haven't really we haven't really talked about Yafit Koto much in this, and I I fuck Yafit Koto is like one of those dudes where if I'm watching a movie and I'm unaware that he's in it, and then he pops up, it's like. Fuck yes. Now it's going to get serious, dude. Like, I I love that dude's screen presence so mm. much. It's it's not even about a, a specific performance. It's just like the way that that dude could could command the fucking attention of an audience. Yeah, and he was he could do he does all kinds of movies. He does like a he did yeah. a, a couple of Black Space movies. I saw him in um you know, he's a truck turner, I think, of course. I yeah. saw him in um Monkey Hustle. I think he was doing Shakespeare. <laughs> He was doing Shakespeare. Yep. <laughs> Monkey hustle? Yeah. <laughs> what is it about? Uh, it's a it's something like these like low low rent scammers. Like they like trying to like you did the daily hustle trying to get money. Yeah. And uh, and um uh Dolomite is in it for some reason with a with a gold shirt. I, oh, honestly, hell yeah. I, I can't really explain it to you because I, I don't it doesn't make any sense. As most of these movies don't make sense. But yeah, he's just basically just like a con man hustler kind of guy with like with like with a with a philosophical bent. And Tell me what it's called again. Monkey Hustle. You forgot the name, Monkey I Hustle. I forgot the name. <laughs> I smoke a lot of fucking weed. And it has a dope, and it has a dope sound, uh, dope uh, theme song, which is of course the Monkey. Looking Hustle. it up, his character's name is Daddy Fox. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, it is, son. <laughs> like, they, they, at one point, they're like, they're like uh, they're trying to like sell like um, off-brand ribs, like a box of ribs. This has been out in the sun a for like a day. Box of ribs. <laughs> yeah, a box of barbecue ribs. It's been out in the sun for like a, a day. They're trying, to, they're trying to sell this shit on the street. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah, that's, that's I've never really thought of it, but I think I, a, a, <laughs> something about a box of ribs sounds ominous to me. Like if it were, <laughs> like you don't buy ribs in a box. Like I get them, like you know, they're wrapped or something. <laughs> There's like paper, but box but, ribs. Hey baby, the, the stuff. That's the monkey hustle, baby. That's the hustle. You gotta. But yeah, no, but yeah, yeah, totally, you know, he's like he is. He has a, such gravitas. And literally everything he does, whether it be yeah. a silly ass movie or like you know these high concept sci fi stuff, you know, for Alien, of course, this, yeah, or you know the, hom- the hom- homicide, life on the street, the, the hard mm-hmm. cop shows, and you know, I and I, th- I was gonna say like, uh, sadly, in his later life, he kind of became like a more of a, uh, a trumper as well, you know, um, anti. Oh no, shit, really? I yeah, didn't yeah, know that. yeah, yeah. It's and this is again, this Fuck. is kind of this is the this is the like the. The course of things that we have to come to terms with as action fans, yeah, and, or, or as movie fans, even you know, like you know, all these fucking. Well, I won't call him a creep because he's not. But like, a, having people um, have these issues with them, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll say straight up, like, um, you know, I had a thing with this guy because you know he was saying stuff, you know, like that I didn't agree with, you know. So it was kind of took it really hard. But you know, at, at the end of the day, that's his right to say that stuff. But also, you know, it's not going to discount what he does as an action star. You know, right. I just, I just have to live with that. Well, Although, you know. You kind of have to look at like intent too, and and what's in their heart. Because we talked about Schwarzenegger, you know, he's he's a very proud and Republican, but I also don't get the feeling, even when he was in office, that he's, you know, he he had hatred in his heart. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. yes, you- I I would actually even be interested in how Republican he is anymore because I, I right. follow it pretty closely and like he's, he's definitely he's not gen- a Trump Republican. I think he's, he's general- a re- I think he's a real Republican. Is the that- but yeah, maybe, but like even his 
his number one thing is against gerrymandering and the Republicans are the ones that gerrymander. So he's kind of like fighting against Republican maps. Like he's right. definitely, I think he definitely like looked into the abyss as the governor. And since then he's been going farther left on like, right. he's been going fin- really far left environmental left against gerrymandering. And obviously like, I mean, like you said, it was something you touched on Scott earlier, just as like a massive Arnold fan. There was like, there was just a moment where, he's in the fucking apprentice and it was like, this could just go so bad, you know, like this, like this whole lifetime of fandom is about to go up in flames, but he's kind of like, Hey, fuck you to Trump. And, and he's kind of, he's met the moment in, in the past couple of years uh, in a way that, uh, you know, it definitely made me proud to be a fan. And I don't, I'm just curious, but I, as far as these action guys, it, to me, it's never that surprising, especially when someone like Arnold, who's just like, he he's very good about parsing his words about it now and saying, I'm not a self-made man, but like you're going to tell me in the seventies that this fucking guy who just decided to start lifting weights and suddenly like ripped open the world and became this God isn't going to think that like, it's, it's, you know, that I'm, I'm the driver of this, you know, you have to work hard and you'll get what you deserve. Like it's hard for them to separate their own experiences to, to other people. And, I think the same thing goes for a guy like Scott, who's just been, you know, a hardworking stunt guy who kicked a bunch of ass. And it's just like, it's hard for them to, I think, I don't know, it's not maybe not hard, but to me, it's not surprising that that hardworking mindset, they initially will go towards that sort of libertarian, you know, get your hands off of my money, go work for yourself and and yeah. get to where I am sort of. And like I said, right. same, same with like the MMA fighters, all, you know, all, those, all the sports guys, a lot of them have that same kind of. Right. That, that drives them, I guess. You know, yeah, that's, that's what it is. You know? Yeah. They- there's just a, there's just a world of difference between Schwarzenegger's approach to Republicanism and say, I don't know, Steven Seagal's. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, and Eric's right. It's about, it's about what's in your heart. I, I don't think that, I think the modern, the modern state of politics is such that the Republican party is just a fucking clown show and a circus and, you know, increasingly filled with, you know, uh, fringe weirdos who I don't, I'm not even sure why they're doing it, you know, except unless it's for, for the, the sheer power of it. But, um, you know, that's, that's a whole other fucking conversation. Um, (laughs) I, I just, I think that I think Arnold is one of those Republicans who's very like traditionally Republican, like before the um, before the the shit really started to hit the fan. Yeah, you know what he, I mean? He's not like, he's not even George like my W. Parents, he's George H. W. Like right, he's yeah. that exactly, that exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, it's it's. Like the way my parents were Republican, they're not Republican anymore, but like they, <laughs> they were, and they, they, it was never about like the, the, the um, the extremity of it all. It's so extreme. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, I don't think, you know, um, Arnold runs as a Republican. Yes. He's done some, some unfortunate things in his life. He fucked that maid. You know, hey, probably, that's not unfortunate. Look at that. His son, his son looks amazing. That, that you know, unfortunate it, for Maria Schreiber, the Kennedy but... family. But um, I, I, I yet I, another blow to the Kennedys. <laughs> I was going to say the pantheon of 
unfortunate things in the Kennedy family. I think <laughs> right, I and yeah. I don't, I don't, That's and a I, net win. That's it a net doesn't matter. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Arnold can fuck whoever he wants. I don't, I don't honestly give a shit. <laughs> Again, it's not my business. There's no hypocrisy with him fucking any anyone he wants. That's exactly what he sold you as who he is. <laughs> yeah. Did just, you did you watch? I just Pumping don't care. Iron? On my list of offenses, it's just like, well, we've got a Republican over here. Uh, who it turns out was like covering up, you know, some sort of like grotesque sexual abuse. And then Arnold, well, he cheated on his wife. It's like <laughs> these two things aren't the fucking same. And yeah. like if if I, I don't I don't believe in like the the purity tests that we often put people through because we have all done things that we're ashamed of or we shouldn't have done. And we, we know that. And the second someone starts blowing up your spot about it, you know, um, there there's nothing to say. Uh, I, I, I think that's um, I think that's an uncool thing that uh, social media has trained us to do. Um, but I do believe that Arnold, when I look at him, I, I see a guy with a good heart. You know, he's he, you could you could go on for hours about the, you know, humanitarian work that he's done, the donations he's made, you know, the the shit he absolutely did not need to do. Like, you know, all the work he's done with the Special Olympics, you know, I, I weigh all of that shit against, say, well, he, you know, cheated on his wife. Don't give a shit. You or know, it's just it's, part of a party. That's between him and her. It's not between, you know, me and my understanding of this person. So I. And she was his maid. So it's just my theory. He just woke up and no one else is in the house. And Liam, just the, stop. The, Liam, stop. <laughs> yeah. stop. Liam's writing letters to Penthouse Forum over here. <laughs> I just think it's and like. I, it's I like, woke he, up and I was wondering where my juice was. I think it's a heat sinking find missile. His glasses. He just yeah. woke up. There's no one I else said, home. my pancakes. And she brought them in. Please, please do not burn down all the goodwill <laughs> we've engendered on this episode. Please don't. But no, I, you know, again, not hashtag humble brag, I guess, but, uh, you know, one of us is friends <laughs> with a certain action star. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I just, uh, I really got it. Just a quick interruption here. I thought you were like, not to humble brag, but I fucked Arnold's maid too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but go ahead. That would have been so you're, funny. You're, you're, you're good. You're good. And, uh, <laughs> And me and me and said action star had like a two hour conversation uh, after one of our episodes. Um, and you're you're right, Wampler. It's like, I'm sorry. He's my friend. I know. I know that he and I don't agree on certain things, um, sure. but I know his heart's good. I, I think, unfortunately, there's also a lot of bullshit out there that wraps people up and and they they end up believing things that you know, kind of, you know, not a one of us doesn't have a family member who we've lost to fucking QAnon over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Um, and so it is one of those things where it's like, does that make them a bad person? Not necessarily. It does make them somebody that you need to push back on. Well, I mean, it can at Liam, for those who can't see Liam doing the like, (laughs) you know, Uh, I I, I had a family member who accused my, my children of vaccine shedding. And so Oh, you're just too fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Well, and this this is one of the other things that I always think of when uh, and, and, you know, and Arnold's proven himself to be a very intelligent man. But when people are surprised that MMA fighters or or boxers or athletes are, you know, that like when they're surprised that Kyrie Irving's an anti-vaxxer or whatever, it's like we're also not dealing with like 
the upper echelon of intellectual elite here. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, like, let's let's be a little realistic about uh, who are we don't, we don't have a lot of Mensa members on yeah. hand for this conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's there's the the fucking Buccaneers aren't exactly lining up, you know, uh, <laughs> road scholars on their front line. So, so like, let's let's, you know, be yeah, a, but, sorry. Go ahead, Vice. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. And also, but also another part of that, or the other part of that is, um, it's not as related to the movie, actually, the whole, um, the whole enterprise of misinformation, you know, like in our mural world, we're dealing with the most powerful misinformation machine in the, the world has ever known, you know, like, like all the news corporations or, or whoever, mm-hmm. were, you, know, you know, you know, in the grift. So we, we're fighting against that. That's like, you know, messing with people's minds, whatever. And then, or, and then, and then, and that's up to, it's to the person. Does it like uh, bring the worst out of them, or does it, oh, that was already there, mm-hmm. or is it just like you know? Does it just truly corrupt their minds that, that they can't even see? And it's not. It's never one direct answer. It's always each person reacts it's to something differently. For sure. Um, I I think that the problem is though, and we touched upon it when we were jokingly saying that the end of this movie happens in real life. Nobody gives a shit, right? It <laughs> doesn't. It doesn't change anybody's minds. The problem isn't the misinformation. It's that people don't give a shit if it's real or not now that's what society is yes. the end you know the end of of the, this movie doesn't move the needle if it happens in real life just like the end of uh faces in a crowd i don't know if you've ever seen that that movie the Ilya kazan movie um where, which is essentially the story of, of a trump you know on the rise you know and uh and he's brought down because it has a very the ending is very much like uh the moment in uhf whenever you know uh kevin mccarthy gets caught you know saying that the town's a festering bowl of dog snot or whatever and the whole town turns on him it's kind of that where there's like a live camera when there shouldn't be well, it's, and, a, uh, it's a, uh, to bring it back to stephen king it's the dead zone ending but like you know, in our reality, everyone would be like, "Trump was so smart to grab that base." <laughs> yeah, he, would, he would have had his base. What a strategy! Like, what a strategy! Only yeah. only a brave man would use the child chess. as a shield. Yeah, it's like crazy. Batman uh, Returns hinges on Batman playing the Penguin, saying, "I played this town like a harp from hell," yep. and, and everybody turning on him. And we literally had Trump, and we've had. I, I'm not gonna just you know, single him out. We've had all sorts of politicians say yeah. things so much worse and nobody gives a shit. Like, right. And that was actually one of the things I, I was going to say a little while ago about this is something that hit really hard this time is when all of that stuff comes out and the crowd turns on Killian. Right. I, I actually found that really dispiriting a little bit this time because it's like, Oh no, you're still fucking sheep. It's not like you had some <laughs> right. awakening here. It's just, you immediately went to the side that's going to win. You know, the, yeah. the audience immediately goes to the side that's going to win. They, they still aren't exercising any critical thought. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Movie, uh, which is, you know, nobody exercises critical thought. That's why we're where we are. <laughs> Uh, so bleak, so sad. I got a rush just of that the the analog media in this movie. Just when she goes and she opens, uh, you know that vault, and she's going <laughs> through the futuristic recordings. It was like, ah, <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah, so, where they look like old like Sega cartridges or something. Yeah, there's something about it that was <clears throat> just so much cooler than yeah. hacking and, well, a network. You know, see now, you know, I watched I watched it on um, HBO Max, you know, the streaming service, mm-hmm. and I. I presume it's the uh, upgraded or the uh, re, re, 
re-imaged cut or whatever. Like the remastered looks, one. <clears throat> yeah, it looks great. Looks great. Look, looks digitally remastered. It looks great. Yeah. Um, but it still, you know, it still looks like an eighties movie, movie. Right. Definitely doesn't look like the uh, that there was a there was a terrible um there was a terrible re-edit of the Predator that was like they they over I forget what it's called they um over digitized they scrubbed everything they oh, took yeah, like yeah. all the grain and, and yeah, they, yeah. they they tried to be like next level and it just didn't look like film anymore yeah yeah right so yeah so definitely it's not that so I just but we you know I just, even this kind of stuff is like um the fact that uh, certain streaming sites can censor their movies so mm-hmm. even if you never, if you haven't seen it before you you, you don't remember it, it won't be the thing you actually saw or remembered like even that's part of even that's part of the the Kingsian or whatever kind of uh, dystopia yeah. of it, like you know, they, they can modify, like you know, in, in the movie they modify, they did defakes, they did a defake of a uh, Schwarzenegger fighting yeah. uh, Jesse the Body, like, but yeah. that shit was in '87. Yeah, <laughs> did that shit. That's you know, defake like, technology. You see it on TikTok every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, you know yeah. just the fact that, that even that is so how we things can be so not even slight edits or minor edits or minor just things taken away can cause totally turn things. Um, especially, and it's so easy to do in the, in the digital age of information. Yeah, with, uh, yeah, the physical media kind of going to niche collectors now. That's you know, we we are we're going to have a lot more of those those moments. It, I mean, it won't be as life or death as <laughs> as what happens in this movie, but you know, I mean, I still can't believe that that even post George Lucas, we had a moment where you know Star Wars showed up on Disney Plus with an added line from Greedo, you know, and everybody's like, what the fuck. You know, there's a, McClunky. You know, he says <laughs> McClunky now for some reason, and now that's just the only version that exists. And they yeah, they man. can next week they can change it and add in you know another yeah. McClunky. Maybe he'll drop yeah. uh drop some like alt right propaganda. Who knows? But it, it, it has to a certain extent kind of always been that way though. I you know it, it's actually funny Vice you talking about that made me think about I, I am a well known defender of the Wraith, uh one of my favorite mm. movies. And Hell yeah, I, I saw the Wraith in the theater uh probably way too young and i knew i saw in that movie i'm gonna be crass here for a sec we saw sherilyn fenn's boobs in that movie and then it came out on vhs and it came out on laserdisc and for years there were no sherilyn fenn boobs in that movie and i'm like am i just fucking insane and then you know finally the not the vestron uh blu-ray but the the remastered dvd came out a couple uh, you know five years ago or so and there were sherilyn fenn boobs and i'm like literally a movie that i saw in the theaters i'm like and, and you know 1986 when that came out i was 10 boobs were you know becoming a very big deal to me at 10 so (laughs) but then i i literally thought i was crazy because this scene had been cut from all these home video releases and i'm just uh, picturing you like sarah connor and be like don't tell me it didn't happen i was there (laughs) that that was it and i finally felt so relieved because obviously this was before you know moviecensorship.com and stuff where, you know, I mean, we can find all that stuff now. We don't have to feel crazy anymore. Mm. But, you know, I spent the 90s and the early 2000s walking around going, I know Sherilyn Venn's boobs are in the rape. (laughs) (laughs) And I was proved I was vindicated. Finally, I went through I went through a similar thing recently with a movie that was added to Disney Plus and uh, (laughs) tuned into it and saw that all the nudity had been stripped out. (laughs) And was, you know, I'm like, well, if that's going to be your approach, I'm going to cancel my subscription and I'm going to go back to my VHS copy of Home Alone and enjoy (laughs) this movie as it was originally intended. (laughs) 
Yeah, Joe Pesci's dong was all over that. <laughs> Daniel Stern just swinging that no. dick like a goddamn baseball bat. I'll tell you. <laughs> Hog everywhere. Hog everywhere. Just everybody. splashing the screen. <laughs> Stephen King warned us about physical all this. media, boys. Physical media. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. King warned us all. We should have listened to it. We did listen. We did, we did take heed. We did take heed. Now we're stuck in this. Yeah. Uh, Fellas, we are we are going on about 90 minutes now. Um, I don't want to keep everybody too long. Do we should we wind it down? Any final thoughts? Anything that anyone <clears throat> wants to add here? Um, mm. I don't. I, I, I don't think. Um Eric, you want to tell the, the people where to find us? Or you want me to do it? Uh, you do it. You do it, baby. Okay. Um, go to uh, Eric Vespi is at Eric Vespi, right? Mm-hmm. At, That's true. Uh, Twitter.com. Uh, I am at Scott Wampler BMD. BMD is long dead. Uh, it is not coming back, <laughs> despite many efforts to bring it back. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's where you can find me. I don't know how to change my fucking handle without losing my verification status. And then I lose my quality filter and I'm just not going through that again. Um, and you can find the show at, at Kingcast 19 or on uh, Patreon. We, 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 we run a main feed episode every week and we also have bonus episode each week. Sometimes those are commentaries. We have a long running, uh, RPG that we've been playing called Shelbyville that is, um, really taking off and starting to bring in its own (laughs) guests, which is very funny. Um, (laughs) Uh, as well as interviews and all kinds of shit. Uh, that's at patreon.com backslash the Kingcast. And I think that about covers it. Also, mm-hmm. subscribe to Fangoria. I think I'm contractually obligated to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yes, you are contractually obligated. Subscribe to Fangoria. Also, the upcoming issue at the time we're recording also has friend of the show, Brandon Streisnake, doing an article on Timo DeGianto in it. And I have. You know what? I've read that article because I, I, I helped edit this uh, upcoming issue of. Uh, Fangoria that 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 is a very good piece. It is. I I was I was uh, working on the back end of there a little bit, not out of paid, just because I love Brandon and we're friends. And he he sure he wanted to run it through an action, you know. Uh, but it's a very good piece. Everybody needs to. Act. Hey, you know what, guys? I read it too. Okay, you're not that cool. And <laughs> it is pretty good. Good job, Brandon. I would also like just while we're on the topic of good. Uh, 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 articles in that upcoming issue of Fango. Um, Richard Newby, if you know him, he's a uh, uh, like THR's kind of comic book guy these days. Um, the only person I read anymore about comic book shit because that guy has a lock on it. He has an outstanding piece about uh, Midnight Mass and the idea of like um, uh, community versus horror and the the communities we built around horror and and um it is it is just a fucking flamethrower of a piece uh i i cannot recommend that issue that's coming up enough it's it's really really fucking good and those two pieces are a big part of it awesome always here to support our friends but also yes. Also, fuck you, Brandon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll do you one day. <laughs> you gotta start pitching Phil, Vice. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta start doing a lot of things. You know, Scott, I gotta do <laughs> You gotta start getting ready for the Running Man. <laughs> yeah, start making a game plan to bring bring the fascist system down. Yeah. 
That's part of it. Uh, Gotta go help Arnold stop uh, gerrymandering. (laughs) Or fuck his mate, one of the two. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Vice, where can people find you if they they want to hear you talking shit? Oh, I am on the Twitters at Vice Fictus. I'm on the Instagrams at Vice Fictus, looking pretty. And I'm on the uh, letterboxes at Vice Fictus, being smart sometimes, but it's mostly talking shit too. So yeah, that's where I'm at. And here, of course, X for Everyone Podcast, A for E Podcast, all the people's, yes, all that. Liam? Uh, I'm uh, Liam Odin on Twitter, which is actually how this episode came about because Scott kink shamed me for watching Tenet over and over again. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to be doing it again this week because it's probably my favorite action movie of the last five years. And uh, yeah, Tenet? so I'll be there. I love it. I love it. It's all right. Nuts. All right. That's your journey, and I respect it. I'm not. I, I'm not here to. Judge. You know what's so great is I remember in the back in the birth movie death days is that like Nolan kind of became this like everybody liked him and it became annoying. And I love that like the, it's like turned against him and he's back <laughs> to being like a cool weirdo again. Yeah. You don't have to deal with all the Batman fans, and so I, I feel like I, I I can buy more space on on Nolan Island. It's like, okay, you guys get the fuck, you go, you go hang out with the, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm going to, I'm going to buy back all this. Stuff. Oh my God. I, I, I said this off air, but I did thank Scott for, for uh, bullying you into making this episode happen. One, because this has been a blast, but two, if there's anybody on this show that needs to get fucking bullied, it's you, Liam. So sure, sure. <laughs> I would, I would, I would like to add to that sentiment, the fact that Eric and I have guested on um way bigger podcasts than ours and it ha- it has had a a beneficial result uh for us it's it's brought new new listeners to mm. us and um i kind of feel like we should reciprocate that a little bit and be talking to people that uh we <laughs> like and whose show we like and and who you know we want to support so you know, um, I hope that our listeners will come over and, and check this out and check you guys out and, and stick around because you you guys know what you're fucking talking about. Thank you so much. That's so yeah, nice. That, that was that was really, really kind. Thanks, man. Um, I am going to do a little bit of gratuitous self-promotion because we talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you go back through the archives, you will find me and Scott Adkins doing a miniseries where we can't crown the greatest action star of all time. Uh, one of our top five picks was Schwarzenegger. I won't tell you who won. It was not Arnold, but we do have an entire dedicated episode to Arnold. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> as great as Liam's Schwarzenegger impersonation was earlier, nobody does a better Schwarzenegger than Scott Adkins. So please go back to the archives and check that out. You can find the show on Twitter at A4E Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Hibachi Justice. And uh, you obviously are listening to us, so you can hear this anywhere podcasts are found. Scott, Eric. Thank you so much. This was an absolute blast. Uh, no, thank you for having us. This was a this was a, a delight. Uh, a particular conversation we have had about Running Man that we haven't had before. So that's yeah. uh, really cool. Yeah, we're smart. We know we're talking about. What I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. People about, oh, you know what you're doing? You know, personal. Man, fuck y'all. I don't want to talk about. <laughs> thank, you, thank you guys for yeah, really good really seeing you guys. Yeah. And, and certainly, out open invitation if you guys ever want to come back. If you ever have another action movie or or anything, uh, you just hit us up. We'll, I mean, While we're waiting for that fucking, you know, um, we were waiting for Timo to, to 
uh, adapt Dolores Claiborne yeah. as the uh, <laughs> the action spectacular yeah. that it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, his take yeah, on the, Green Mile is going yeah. to blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta cast. You gotta cast that one. They bring Michael one. Clark. Da- well, no, they don't. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, yeah, sorry, I went down that. I yeah, let's. Uh, whoops. With that, we are out. We will see you all next week.